All right, we're live. Welcome back to Talk with Army. I'm your co-host Delilah. And I'm your co-host Daisy. And today we are going to basically kind of revisit um, BTS's hiatus so far. We talked about it a little bit before um, in in the previous episode, not like the previous episode, but a few episodes ago about what, what exactly their break means and stuff. And we thought that this would be... Uh, a good time, even though it is a bit early in their quote-unquote hiatus, um, it it would be a good time to discuss how BTS are subverting expectations of a hiatus and also how, even though these expectations are being subverted, I feel like armies, for the most part, aren't too surprised. You know what I mean? Right, I see exactly what you're saying, because, I mean, armies, when it comes to the announcement, even though we were quite emotional, a lot of that emotion really just came from the fact that BTS had just been holding this in for, like, two years, and not necessarily because we were surprised that they needed a break, because, I mean, honestly, it's been a long time coming, with them being the biggest group in the world, they have to shoulder a lot of burden, um, they have a lot of responsibilities, and they are just so busy, so it takes a lot out of them. So, of course, it's going to get to a point where they need to just take a step back and refocus themselves for a little bit. So that part wasn't necessarily the surprising part, or the emotional part, I should say. It was just them having to hold all of this in, and they felt like they were making the wrong move, or that they were disappointing people, or that they didn't deserve to take a break, and that really, you know, messed with their heads. And I just... I just really hope that they don't have to go through that again. I hope that they know that regardless of whatever decision they decide to make, we're going to support them regardless because what matters first is obviously their physical and their mental health and anyone who puts anything before that is not a true fan. So that's why, um, you know, with this break, all of us are super supportive of it. Um, And, you know, of course, when it comes to this break, even though it was a hiatus in true bts fashion they never really did take a break i mean right after the announcement just a load of different things have happened and we're gonna get into a bit uh we're gonna get into it a little bit later but there's also been just a lot of stuff that has happened within the past month that like to call it a break is almost like hilarious yeah especially when you know there's been periods in between bts comebacks where we've gotten a lot of, I mean, usually it's not like individual work, but like they're always doing things in between albums. So it's it's not that much of a surprise. I, I, I feel like it's just the, it, it's the Western music industry. They're, they're the ones who are super surprised um, that BTS are not only releasing things on their own and at their own pace and doing it like pretty quickly like their plans they have all these plans uh jack in the box you know came out relatively quickly after the hiatus announcement and with them releasing stuff they're also still hanging out and enjoying each other so 
what is what is up with media's reaction why is it that the word hiatus is like this taboo curse word that i mean and i mean curse word as in like it is literally a curse if you go on hiatus you are cursed to be on hiatus for <laughs> forever and ever um like, like what is it with this word and i think we're just gonna break it down um just talk about you know some of the history of hiatuses of western artists yeah because the whole reason why hiatus is such a cursed word in the music industry is just mainly because of so many of these western artists that have gone on uh quote-unquote hiatus um and you'll realize why i'm putting hiatus in quotes when we actually get into a little bit about each of their breaks um so I know, Delilah, you've compiled a list of some Western groups for us to go through. Yeah, there's. I didn't want to, you know, clog up um, and, and take up too much time just, like, mentioning a whole bunch of groups. Like, there, there's honestly way more than this, but I just felt like these would be good enough to get the gist of it. So, let's just let's just start off with uh, NSYNC, of course. Um I'm pretty sure, you know, everyone knows NSYNC or at least Justin Timberlake. And if you don't, I, I don't know. I want to be like, like, I want to be like, you must be like a literal child and not old enough. But also I feel like NSYNC and pop culture, regardless of how quote unquote old they are, like everyone's heard bye bye bye. (laughs) Oh yeah, that song, oh my god, the way I used to listen to that on video cassette, get out of here, that song slapped. And listen, I, I'm not a fan of Justin Timberlake, that man gets on my nerves, but I mean, Mirror is that song, we have to, we have to be real. Um, but it is. Before we get off topic, uh, NSYNC, so NSYNC came out in 1995, um, and then, you know, they're a group, they're making music. Um, and then in 2002, um, they had announced an indefinite hiatus, um, and right before they had announced this hiatus is when Justin Timberlake, you know, started to embark on his solo career, and there kind of seems to be a pattern where you have a group, one of the members goes solo, and then now suddenly the group either falls off popularity or the group just, um, they stay together for a little bit and then they just, like, announce a hiatus or disband. That seems to be a pattern. And it's interesting because, uh, you know, when Justin Timberlake, you know, was announcing his album, um, and announcing the break of NSYNC, Justin Timberlake had said, quote, the break we're on was a conscious move. We all wanted to do it, and we were ready to do it. Performing at the stadiums every night for 50,000 fans takes a little out of you. I was 14 when we started, and we've been touring for the last seven years. The time was right. We were all in the same zone. This album is what I wanted to do. End quote. So, you know what? It, I think it's perfectly fair, especially when um, you have to consider that... You know, music groups, boy bands, and girl groups in the U.S., I mean, they definitely had a lot of shady behind-the-scenes show business, uh, which is why, you know, when people always talk about, like, how toxic K-pop is, it just goes 
in one year out the other because the Western music industry likes to hide a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, what Justin Timberlake said he was 14 when NSYNC started. They've been touring for the last seven years. Of course, they're going to be you know a little bit burnt out. Um, and so they announced an indefinite hiatus. And since 2002, uh, there that it's I guess we're still in an indefinite hiatus. Um, Yikes. Yeah. That's it. Um, NSYNC is probably not coming back, guys. Sorry. Um, yeah, two decades, bro. <laughs> two decades. Literally, it's been two decades. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, if, if they haven't dis- even discussed plans of coming back, um, it, it's not happening. Oh yeah, for sure. And like, honestly, just thinking about being 14 and starting out in a group must be a lot. Because I mean... Even Jungkook, when he first started in BTS, he was actually a year older than Justin Timberlake. He was 15 when he started, technically going on 16 because, like, it was just a few months before mm-hmm. his 16th birthday. But, like, it's still super young. And to be going on tour for, like, the last seven years, um, I don't know how old he was since he said this. It was most likely. Well, he would have to be, like, 21, right? If he says, I was 15. Yeah. Yeah, he would have had to be 21. So, like, imagine, like, going on tour for, like, seven straight years. Like, bro, what music are you putting out that you're on tour, like, constantly for seven whole years? I mean... I I, I mean, they're putting out hits, but, like, at the same time... I know, but I was just thinking about, you know, BTS and their constant two albums a year (laughs) that was coming out. But it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different. Um, yeah, because they didn't really go on, like, world tours until, like, like a few years after they started. Because um, they weren't going on tours, like, directly after um, they debuted. Like, their first concert wasn't even until 2014. So, like, mm-hmm. for them to have been doing tours since, like, man, that's a lot. Right. Um, and so, you know, that's insane. Um, but, you know, I don't think... That, you know, it's fair to use NSYNC as, like, a standard of, oh, look, they announced an indefinite hiatus and now that's the fate of every boy group. When you have, you know, let's talk about New Kids on the Block. Um, New Kids on the Block, you know, one of the blueprints for NSYNC, um, pretty much, um... They, you know, they were a group in 1984, and then they had decided to break up after a decade in 1994, but then they reunited in 2008, so that is, let me do math, um, what's six plus eight, uh, 14 years later, they reunited, and they've been touring. Um, and they released an album in 2013. So, I mean, that's pretty good for, uh, breaking up in 1994, but they released an album and still tour. I mean, that, that's, that's a good example of a group that can healthily decide to take a break and then eventually come back. Right. It doesn't always have to be, oh, we're going on a break and then you just never hear from them again. Um, You know, they've definitely taken the time to, you know, go a little bit on a journey of self-discovery and then still be able to get back together. 
And that usually is possible because the group really wants to do this and they really love the music that they do together. But that's something we'll get into a little bit later. But, you know, just the fact that they could be able to do this, I think, is great. Exactly. And then, unfortunately, you have the other side of the spectrum. You have something like One Direction. Um, Zayn announced he was leaving the band in the beginning of 2015. It was a world-stopping event uh, based on the reality. Like, I still remember uh, how crazy the internet was when Zayn announced his departure. And then Same. a few months later, in August, the members announced an extended hiatus. Um, and they claimed they were not, quote, splitting up, end quote. Um but I, 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 I just don't know how to break it to directioners that, you know, one day they're, they're not going to come back. <laughs> like, they're just not. They are not new kids on the block. Yeah, when it comes to things like that, like, they really, like, I've genuinely seen people really be like, oh, you just wait till One Direction comes back. And it makes me feel like I'm, like explaining to baby armies that like cypher part five is not coming like i just have to sit them <laughs> down and break it to them gently that hey the thing that you're waiting for is probably not going to happen it's just and i think it's easier to tell you know with groups like one direction especially if you're outside the fandom looking in because you see kind of the members reactions to each other and zane leaving One Direction wasn't necessarily the most amicable, uh, I believe. So it, it's, it, I feel like One Direction, because of how popular they were, because of how shocking Zayn's split was, One Direction became the blueprint of what it means to enter an indefinite hiatus. And for that indefinite hiatus to basically never go anywhere. Um, because, you know, when people talk about BTS's hiatus and what that means, no one's bringing up new kids on the block. They're bringing up One Direction and NSYNC, right? So. Right. Huh. But anyway, we, I, you know, One Direction, I, I feel like is just, I just don't know how to break it to directioners. Like, I don't know how to break it to them. Like, they're, it, it's, it's like being a Larry shipper in 2022. Like, what do, what do we, do, <laughs> what do we do with them? Um. Oh, no. Huh. Yeah, so, One Direction, you know, I will forever despise how that announcement has just created this blueprint, and it sucks. But, exactly. you know, I don't want to, um, you know, just just talk about, you know, boy groups, too. I think it'd be good to just mention some girl groups. So, um, uh, um, the most, you know, compared girl version of One Direction is, of course, going to be Fifth Harmony, because just like how Zayn announced leaving One Direction, and then, you know, later uh, One Direction said, hey, we're going on hiatus. Similar with Fifth Harmony, I feel like it's, you know, not at this, the hiatus isn't as, um, like, I feel like the members are, are a bit more friendly to each other, or at least cordial, 
But, you know, Fifth Harmony still has the same pattern. Uh, you know, Camila Cabello left in 2016. And, you know, there was a whole bunch of drama surrounding that uh, about how, you know, her solo career was being really favored and she wouldn't show up to group rehearsals because she was so focused on her own solo career. And just, you know, that mess. So that was just a bad split. And then fast forward about two years later, then Fifth Harmony announced that they would go on an indefinite hiatus to, you probably guessed it, focus on solo careers. They said, quote, after six years going hard nonstop, we also realized that in order to stay authentic to ourselves and to you, um, their fans, we do need to take some time to go on hiatus from Fifth Harmony in order to pursue solo endeavors, end quote. Um, so that was in 2018. Um, I mean, it's still a little bit early, but also it has been four years and I haven't heard any news about um, them coming back. Um, so I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But uh, I would put, I mean, I would 100% always uh, put my money like, uh, if there's a girl group that's going to go on Hades and come back, it's going to be Little Mix before Fifth Harmony. Yeah, because Fifth Harmony, it, they're just messy. And we were talking about it when we were doing the outline, but if any of you guys who are listening remember this live performance, I don't remember what award show it was, but Fifth Harmony was performing, and this was after Camilla had left the group. And um, in the intro to their uh, performance, it was five people standing on stage. And then suddenly the person in the middle just jumped back off the stage. And then they continued singing. They just started the song from there. And people on, like, people lost their minds on the internet. They were like, that was literally crazy. The fact that they ever planned that and set that up and they're like yeah this is gonna bang let's have like one fake member in the middle to make people think that camilla's back in the group but then she's gonna jump back and then the four of you are gonna continue singing why would they ever do that i don't know but it was iconic and super hilarious and it's gonna go down in history so um <laughs> it was super dramatic and i respect it it was great, honestly. It was, when I first saw it, like, I remember my mouth just, <laughs> my mouth flew open because I was like, there's no way that they actually did that. I was screaming, but it ended up being, like, super, super iconic. And so that, I think, was definitely performance for them that went down in history. I don't know how Camilla felt about it. I know she must have been, like, fuming somewhere. <laughs> Probably. Um, I, I always find it interesting that, like, whenever there would be, like, Camila and Normani at the same award show, like, the cameras would always, like, if Normani was performing, it would try to, like, get Camila's reaction and vice versa. Like, it's so messy. It's so messy. <laughs> um, like, they're genuinely trying to, like, spark some sort of, like, friendly dynamic between them, and it's like, just leave these girls alone. Leave them alone. But, you know, I feel like girl groups a lot of times tend to get the short end of the stick and whatnot, but, I mean, there there are cases where girl groups do end up sticking together. Um, so, let's talk about Spice Girls. So, um, you know, Spice Girls, um, in 2000, 
They announced that they were taking an indefinite hiatus and insisted that they hadn't broken up for good. And, you know, just like with Harmony One Direction, they had a member leave um, shortly before. In 1998, um, one of the members, um, Jerry, had left the group. Um, They said it was really bad. Mel B had said she left on my birthday and didn't tell anybody. She just didn't show up. We had the rest of the tour, the American part of the tour, to continue. But then eventually it was revealed that um, she left the group because she had an eating disorder and depression. So um, there was, you know, a lot of behind the scenes stuff going with that. So um, she leaves in 1998 in 2000, December of 2000. They announced an indefinite hiatus, but in 2007, the Spice Girls made a comeback, and they began touring. They performed at the 2012 Olympics, they toured in 2019, and they're even planning a tour now for 2023. So, they're they're just still going. God, I remember in 2019, one of the stops that they had was actually in Wembley Stadium, and for all who don't know, uh, back in 2019, I was actually studying in the UK um, for my bachelor's degree. And for those three years that I was studying there, I actually did live in Wembley, like directly next to the stadium. Like my building was like a 10 second walk away from Wembley Stadium. So I was right at that walkway between the stadium and uh, the Wembley Park train station. And I remember um, seeing the tour dates like flashing on screen for the Spice Girls. And I remember looking up their tickets on, like, Ticketmaster and stuff. Golly, they were expensive. Oh, my God. Like, I felt like my... I felt like, like, the the ticket price for their tour, like, it manifested outside of the computer screen, punched me, took my <laughs> wallet, and called me poor. Oh, my goodness. Uh, was it... Was it, um, did you think they were real ticket prices, or were they more, like, probably resale ticket prices? Yeah, I don't know if it was real or scalper prices, but I was seeing, like, $500, $600, and I'm like, girl, I can't afford that. You know what, that, that could be real. I feel like if it was a scalper ticket, it would have been, like, 2000 <laughs> Yeah, that, I'm pretty sure it was, like, real, mm-hmm. um, like, the real retail price for it, so I was like, um, I think I'll pass. But, yeah. The thing with, you know, these different group hiatuses and how they have shaped our perspective of what it means to have a hiatus, the, the focus is going to be on the negativity. No one cares um, about how Spice Girls are still together. No one cares about, you know, new kids on the block and how they, you know, come together. If a group today, especially one as big as BTS, announces a hiatus, it's going to be One Direction comparisons. It's going to be in-sync comparisons. And that's unfortunately just how the media cookie crumples. Exactly. When it comes to things like hiatuses, people just tend to hyper-focus on the negatives rather than the positives. Because, you mean, I mean, in every aspect of media and news in general people just like drama people as much as they say they hate to see negativity it's what a lot of people live for especially when it comes to the lives of celebrities so like delilah said it's not going to be people looking at 
the groups that have you know pushed past their hiatuses and are still making music to this day they're gonna be looking at all the one directions and all the the uh and sinks and all the fifth harmonies they're gonna look at all the messiest uh split ups and they're gonna compare bts to that and never once think that it's possible that they could stay together and have even a sliver of longevity right exactly um let's let's now just you know revisit once again um what bts's hiatus means for them exactly so in terms of what bts said about their own hiatus uh we've pretty much covered it in episode 47 i believe so I'm not going to go too much into detail about it, but I'm just going to reiterate some points about what we had talked about uh, in terms of what they said in their Festa dinner. So for those who may not know, or for those who may not have gotten around to watching the Festa dinner 2022 yet, basically what they said about their own hiatus is that they were planning to take a temporary break from doing group music. Um, And the main reasons why they were taking this break is because, well, first of all, there is a huge burnout from the fast-paced nature of the K-pop industry. And that's something that we had talked about in previous episodes um, in terms of like the uh, hyper-consumption of media in the K-pop industry and how that affects both the fans and the artists. And another reason why they were taking a break is because they felt like because of the fast-paced nature, they had no time to rest and reflect on their lives. And as a result, that also led into having difficulties with coming up with new material for music. So, you know, a lot of these groups, they will put out like two to three albums a year for some groups, even more than that, if we're counting things like Japanese releases or just like other types of like uh, releases for other East Asian languages. And um, because of that, um, they never really have a break in between albums where they get to just live and experience life and then use those experiences to then put back in their music. So it's really just they finish promotions for one album and then they go straight into working on another album. There's no time in between. And so that made it really hard for them to come up with new material for music. And they had talked about in the Festa dinner about how it was so painful like it was such a painful process to write lyrics because pretty much nothing was coming out because they had no experiences to draw material from so a lot of their music you know they really had to squeeze out lyrics and even though they managed to do it and even though their music is still good the actual process of making it was a lot more difficult compared to previous years and another reason why they're taking this hiatus is because they said that um they had a lot to say as individuals but not a lot as a group because they pretty much said everything that they wanted to say and again because of the fast nature of the music industry they don't have time to think about what else they want to say as a group and so that was also frustrating for them and then also they felt like a lot of people knew them as bts but not as individual artists so people will you know you'll they'll hear their name bts and they'll know of them or they'll be a fan of them but then when it comes to non-fans if you say jimin or j-hope or rm people won't know who you're talking about and maybe they might know about bts if you tell them that they're part of bts afterwards but just those names alone like their stage names alone they don't ring a bell for people and so they felt like um they wanted to build up their own image as individuals um which kind of leads into like the final point that they had about the reason why they wanted to take this hiatus which is they wanted to take the time to release their own solo projects to define their own individual colors. 
so that when the time comes to make music as a group again, they're coming back stronger. They're coming back with more experiences, with more uh, things to draw from so that they can use that form material for their music. And so um, that's why they're doing this. And um, so far it's been um, a month, just over a month. Uh, but the day that we're recording now, it is July 21st. So pretty much like exactly five weeks since the announcement because it came out on June 14th. Um, so it's been exactly five weeks. And there's been a lot that's happened since then that we're going to get into a little bit later. But um, the biggest emphasis that they had in terms of uh, like what they were going to be doing with this break, um, they said this very um, explicitly in the Festa dinner that they are not disbanding, that this is not the end of BTS yeah. and that they are doing this as a healthy plan so that they can be able to come back together in the future. But there is no disbandment whatsoever. And they made sure that we knew that. And even after they said that, the next day, Jungkook went on live and was like, what are you talking about? We're not disbanding. Um, and then Namjoon had to write a whole letter on Weverse about how media you will twist their words and whatnot. Uh, because once again, they're, they're not going to disband. Um, I, I, BTS, you know, they... They were able to release B, and they were able to release Butter and Permission to Dance and Dynamite because they were specifically drawing on inspiration from the pandemic. Um, mm. if, if the pandemic didn't happen, we would not have any of that music. Um, and because of the pandemic and because, you know, releasing that music is what pushed off this hiatus. So... It, it, it makes, you know, it makes sense for for this to be happening, to need to, you know, experience things as individuals so that they can come back and just be more creatively energized. And the best way to, you know, draw inspiration is to just experience things. Um, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I think that... You know, for for media to twist that, it's just it's just really sad. And I know, you know, people don't know BTS like we know them, but um, it, I I feel like a lot of media has just been ill intentioned in that they it's like they're waiting for BTS to disband, kind of. Um, so even just BTS announcing a vacation, like we've had in the past, media reported that they were disbanding. When it was literally just them announcing, hey, we're going on vacation, um, try to, like, bother not bother us. us. <laughs> right. <laughs> literally, like, and I remember there was, um, a particular article from some weirdo. Of course, it was some stuck-up white journalist, like, literally the legit stereotype that everyone thinks about when they think about all these misinformed journalists, some... Um, cis white man who's middle-aged um and the he had written some and i talked about this in a previous episode um about how he had written some article about bts beforehand and then oh, had mentioned God. at some point during the article that like um well to basically cut it short he was implying that namjoon was kind of a dumbass 
Um, and so people obviously got on his ass because they're like, you can't just be calling him stupid. He's way smarter than you, obviously. And it's just straight disrespectful. Like, why are you even mentioning that in your article? And then he got mad that people jumped him. And after BTS had announced their hiatus last month, suddenly he came back talking about, oh, this is karma. And now BTS are gone. But it's like, they're not gone. They literally told you that they're not disbanding. So not only are you holding pointless grudges like an absolute loser, but you're also still equally as misinformed as you were the first time you wrote an article about BTS. And it's not even just him, but also the other articles that we were reading during that episode um, about that um, uh, Korean man who had talked about how BTS um, basically were ungrateful and that they were you know, saying things that were true about the K-pop industry, but it wasn't fair of them to point it out because they quote-unquote benefited so much because of the K-pop industry, even though the K-pop industry were the first people to try and put BCS down when they started becoming successful domestically. So there's just so many people who have not only twisted BTS's words, but are also like just so vicious and so like, they were just so ready for BTS to disband. They were quite literally preying on BTS's downfall and now they must look so stupid because of how much stuff has happened in between June 14th and today July 21st that I can't even begin to count um and you know um a lot of this um also has been received very poorly by uh western non-fans because uh of course because of the you know, the bad rep that other groups have given uh, the word hiatus. A lot of people just saw BTS saying that they were taking a hiatus and thought, oh, well, that's the end of BTS. I guess they're not making music anymore, which is wrong. Again, they said they weren't disbanding. Um, And, you know, another thing is that they were trying to make it seem like uh, BTS were just, like, never happy within the group and that they were never happy with their label and all these other things that basically go back to other stereotypes um, due to people's bad experiences with labels in, like, Western groups. So, you know, there are quite a few Western groups who have labels that have taken advantage of them um, and they haven't gotten along that well with their bandmates. You know, for example, a good case of this is One Direction, um, if anyone has seen any interview of Liam Payne recently, he's just been chatting all sorts of BS, but basically, um, he confirmed in pretty much every One Direction, uh, member who has talked about, like, their group dynamic has confirmed that they didn't really get along that well. They saw each other as nothing more as, like, business partners, basically, as colleagues. And people are trying to say, oh my gosh, One Direction, uh, they love each other, they're besties, blah, blah, blah. But, like, you see everything that, like, One Direction themselves have said, and they really do not like each other that much. So, um, you know, in terms of, like, other groups, they're really, um, you know, because of the stereotypes, you know, people really assume that there just really is no sense of Mm -hmm. camaraderie or friendship in BTS, and, you know, they just hate their label, all these types of things that already add to the problematic stereotypes that people have about K-pop already. It's it's quite annoying to see so many people try and be like, aha, gotcha, I knew Big Hit was preventing them from, you know, reaching their best self and that Big Hit was preventing them from, you know, 
was preventing their creative artistry from reaching its fullest potential. And, and it is so hard for people to grasp the fact that BTS's creativity, yes, was stunted a bit. And also that BTS chose to spend years developing an OT7 brand. Uh, so then that way they could establish themselves firmly as a group and 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 those two things can coexist the bts uh as individuals may have had to you know sacrifice a little bit of individual creativity for the group but that's a conscious decision that they as adults were able to make when they re-signed their contracts Exactly. That's a, you know, big thing that we talked about in episode 47 that people really got twisted. Um, They made it seem like it was Big Hit who was the one who was forcing this OT7 agenda on them. And it was Big Hit who was preventing them from ever doing any type of extra solo endeavors. When in reality, it was BTS who were the ones who were making these sacrifices on their own conscious, uh, as as a conscious choice to um try and build up their group dynamic and their um and their fan base as a team you know i feel like when it came to the whole seven or nothing and all this kind of stuff that bts promoted that was them out of their own mouths genuinely trying to establish themselves as a group and they were the ones who made that decision and because you know and a lot of and because a lot of people um have tried to spread these false manty rhetorics on the timeline a lot of people are trying to make it seem like it's Big Hit's fault or it's Hype's fault that they did that, but that was their own decision. And so when BTS talk about how, oh, we've had to sacrifice a lot, that's them deciding to make those sacrifices and not them being forced to make those sacrifices. So people just really need to be careful as to how they're, you know, taking these words. Um, because BTS, have, again, have said that they wanted their words to be taken at face value. So please be respectful of that and um, understand that it is not in our best interest to then start trying to speculate as to, oh, is Big Hit making them do this? Is Big Hit making them do that? Until BTS say that, I'm assuming not. That's what your default has to be. If BTS have not said, we're being forced to do this, or I didn't like this, or I didn't make this decision, you do not have the right to go and start injecting your own personal beliefs and projections onto that. So that's one thing that, you know, a lot of people have been talking about recently on the timeline. And um, yeah, so I guess in terms of all of that, yeah, so all that fun stuff um, is now what we're going to be talking about in terms of what BTS have been doing since the hiatus announcement. So what they've been doing, um, well, we'll start with the music-related content first. Obviously, we had Left and Right with Charlie Puth that Jungkook was doing. Um, it's a cute little song. It's a summer banger. Love to hear it. Um, Love the gay on Spotify. energy in the music video. <laughs> oh my god, the music video, like, when I watched it the first time, I looked at it, I was like, you know what? I feel like the, I was trying to do like the mass in my head. I'm like, who is this ex that Charlie's talking about? And then when I saw the way that he was reacting to Jungkook in the music video, as if he was some sort of hallucination, I was like, I see the vision. Like, I know what you are. 
Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> honestly, it, it it was a cute little collab. Um, the the behind it the was. scenes from it was really cute. Um, which is why you know I recommend people if you aren't you know subscribed to you know Bangtan TV on YouTube, they release so much content. Like mm-hmm. even in between you know BTS's regular comebacks, um, the. There, there's just so much stuff to keep hidden in the vault. So, uh, you, you, not only do you get like cute, fun behind the scenes stuff, but you get a lot of content of them talking about, you know, their album making process and stuff, which is why, you know, what we're going to talk about next, Jack in the Box. Now, a lot of people looked pretty stupid, um, trying to claim that Hobie didn't have much say in his album promotions. Um, but, uh, when you can see the words that come right out of his mouth. But yeah, left and right, super cute. Um, and then of course, yeah, Jack in the Box, J-Hope's solo album. This album has a chokehold on me, it's Jesus It's so Christ, good. Like, and any, I know. anyone that says that this album is not a J-Hope album, I you don't know J-Hope. <laughs> I'm gonna put that exactly. out there. When I first listened to this album, I genuinely had the same reaction that Namju um, said. I was like, this sounds and feels different, but it is still so you. Yes, yes. That's exactly the thoughts I had, especially with like Equal Sign. I remember because Namjoon, he actually um, was on Weverse Live earlier today. Um, and he was talking about how Equal Sign was, like, the most, like, Hobie out of all of them. And I was like, period. I mean, even, uh, yesterday when, um, Hobie was on a station head on his streaming party, when Equal Sign came on, he was like, this is my favorite song. And I was like, period. I knew it. I knew it. Because, like, the lyrics, like, it is just something that Hobie would 100% say. Even, like, the lyrics to, like, stop. Like, the way that he visualizes the world, the way that he sees you know, his, like, perception on, like, society and just everything, I feel like the album completely encapsulated his thoughts. And I feel like he did such a great job with it, being able to step out of the box um, figuratively and really show a different side of himself, yet still remain true to his essence. And I think that this is really just an album that only J-Hope can pull off. Like, really, no one does it like him. So I'm super excited because um, his per- his Lollapalooza performance is actually going to be streamed live on Hulu, so I'm going to be watching that because obviously I'm not going to Lollapalooza. Um, tickets were expensive and I didn't have money at the time, so I didn't buy tickets. And also, just to get to, what is it? It's in Chicago. Um, that seemed, like, too stressful. I was not I was not about to do that. Uh, yeah, definitely not. Just, you know, flights, hotels... The Wallapalooza tickets themselves, like, it's just all expensive. Um, and, you know, with, with, with these gas prices, just, you just, you gotta, you gotta save up what you have, right? Um, I know, even if we went together, like, gas prices, God, it would not have flown, bro. I know I would have used up my, like, entire paycheck just refilling my tank. Um, and so, with that, we also got a surprise performance by... Uh, Yoongi at uh, Sai's um, you know, festival performance when he was performing that that Yoongi just showed up during his part <laughs> on stage <laughs> and it was amazing. 
I know. I've been looking at like all the different like fan cams from other people who were in all the, um, the festival, <laughs> and the screams that people screamed when Yoongi first came on and started his verse. Like it was real. Like people saw him and lost their freaking minds. It was amazing, and Yoongi did so well considering the fact that the day before he was uh, sick with a fever, and even the day before that, um, because. Uh, he was supposed to have gone to Hobie's pre-release uh, uh, party for Jack and the Bots, but then he fell sick. And so the fact that he managed to like come back from that, like literally the day after, and still put on such a great performance, like honestly, his professionalism is insane. And uh, Shuga's a king for that. We love to see it. Um, and then aside from that, there was also a new song announcement today. Um, and it's a song called Bad Decisions with Snoop Dogg featuring, not even featuring, but just with Snoop Dogg and the vocal line. So, uh, Jungkook, Jimin, V, Jin, all of them are going to be collaborating with Snoop Dogg for this song. And I'm super interested to see how this is going to play out because, uh, Benny Blanco is also going to be working on this track and... They were kind of teasing it with some like very poorly acted Zoom calls uh, videos that they were posting on the Twitter. It was hilarious. Um, they basically were like, it was like basically formatted as like Benny uh, zooming Scooter and Hitman Bang, and he was like, "Yo, I want to be in the group so bad. Like, I want to be a part of BTS. I want to be the eighth member. I think I could do it." And then Hitman Bang was like, "I don't know, ask BTS." And then they posted another video. And then it was Benny and he was like uh, zooming with the vocal line. He was like, yo, I feel like I could be the eighth member of BTS. Let, let me do it. And then they were like, no. <laughs> and then Jimin was like, but you could make a song with us. And then Benny was like, all right, I'm down. And then that was how they announced the song collab. And I was like, what? Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, it's important to recognize that when it comes to, you know, Western artists, promotions, there's really no like set expected way of how those promotions could go i feel like um you know the k-pop industry while not all promotions are necessarily the same there's a structure to them that's expected um mm. and so i i feel like you know for maybe some people that have been listening to maybe just bts for a while probably aren't you know used to a lot of these you know Western promotion strategies with left and right and bad decisions and um, if, 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 if you're not necessarily happy about um, the promotion strategies, I, 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 I really don't think it's that deep. Um, you have to yeah. understand that, first of all, you know, this song is, you know, it's Benny, it's Benny's song. Um, and so, you know, if you're going to you know, tag, big hit, or high, uh, demanding better promotions. Like, you look, you look like a fool, okay? <laughs> like, you gotta, like, just, just stop. Just, just enjoy what you're given, okay? Like, not everything has to be a conspiracy theory. You know, sometimes the boys just want to drop a song and go. Um, and I, and you know what? I think it would be absolutely hilarious if that happened one day. If they just dropped like a link to their album and then just like dipped it would be hilarious um right because they pretty much do that all the time with their soundcloud releases right they already do that all the time um we had no time to prepare for things like mono and 
D2 and stuff. We had a little bit of time to prepare for D2, but only because Apple Music spoiled us. <laughs> um, right. And so, uh, let's live life on the edge a little bit, huh, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. And, I mean, the only other thing in terms of music is that Namjoon said on his uh, Weavers Live today that he's almost done with his album. So it's Yay. likely that Namjoon may be the second person out of BTS to drop their solo album. So hopefully, um, you know, there's smooth sailing with his album making process and we're likely going to be hearing some news from him pretty soon. But other than that, there hasn't really been any more um, talk about uh, music in terms of uh, what mm -hmm. they're doing right now, which is totally fine. It's only been like five weeks, like I said, and we've already gotten so much. So. That pretty much concludes the music-related content that they've been doing since the hiatus announcement. Hello, resident editing fairy Daisy here, um, coming to you live from August 5th, which is literally the day that this episode is supposed to drop. So this is probably going to be like me from like a few hours before, but um, I just wanted to update this list because a couple of things have been announced since we recorded this podcast episode. So first things first, um, I totally forgot, by the way, about the fact that BTS were supposed to have a Busan concert um, because they are... Uh, the ambassadors for the expo um, and that's going to be happening in October um, so there's that um, which is going to be a music performance it's like a mini concert and then on top of that since um, we recorded the podcast there's also been an announcement that J-Hope is also going to be on radio Park Song Hyun's love game on the 8th of August um, where he's basically just going to be talking about his music and all sorts of stuff. And he's also going to be doing that on a different show, which is, um, the Starry Night radio show, which is going to be on August 10th. And he's also going to be talking about his music there and he's going to be talking about Lollapalooza and his feelings on that. So that's just like a quick update in terms of like the music section. Anyway, back to the episode. Now, in terms of the non-music-related content, um, obviously, we have to start with the matching seven tattoos, because why wouldn't we? Honestly, the fact that they were able to get these friendship tattoos, and it's the number seven, a number that means a lot to both BTS and fans, I think it's really adorable and symbolic. And, you know, I thought that maybe, like, when they would get the tattoos, that, like, they would get them in, like, very, like, stereotypical places to get, like, tattoos, like, arms and stuff. But they chose, like, very intimate places to get tattoos. And I don't mean, like, super, super intimate. Like, oh, like, they got a tattoo on like, their ass cheek or something. Mm -hmm. No. I just mean, like, they got, like, it in, like, really, uh, I guess more inconspicuous places. Like, so, like, Jin got it on his ribcage. Jimin got it on, like, the inside of his finger. Like, it's very, like... I like I like the placement basically is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. it, it it's nice. Um, you know, especially Jungkook being bold with like doing it behind the ear. Um, that's a that's that's a sensitive that's a really sensitive place for a tattoo. Um, and you know, same with Jim and Ashley. Fingers are also very sensitive for tattoos. Um, but you know, when it's when it's a smaller tattoo, you know, usually it, it's very quick. So. You know, it probably wasn't that painful, but, um... But the, then Jimin, he had, like, the youth tattoo on the back of his ear, and so that was, like, youth written out in cursive at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was probably... That definitely probably... I mean, it didn't take a long time, but, you know, you have to be a bit careful, um, when you're 
tracing something like that. Uh, their, their tattoos are great. I'm really glad that they said they wanted friendship tattoos and they got them. I think it's really funny that like to see media praising, um, you know, BTS going their separate ways and haha, we knew it. They hated each other all along. And then they all post matching friendship tattoos. <laughs> Literally, BTS are like five seconds away from posting like matching wedding rings at this point, to be honest. Like, <laughs> like stop trying stop trying to play with purple karma. It's just it's it, it will never be in your favor. <laughs> yeah, Bantan Voodoo is always working in the background, so people better be careful, honestly. Like, as soon as somebody says anything against BTS, like Bantan Voodoo is already in overdrive in the back, so yeah, definitely. Um, seven matching tattoos is great. Uh, we love that. And then also another thing that they've been up to, uh, Tay was recently in Paris for a fashion week and he went with uh, Lisa from Blackpink and then also Park Bogum. And uh, it was definitely eventful. Um, and he recently also posted like an edited video that he did of his time in Paris on his Instagram. And it is so cute. I love it. Um, he is honestly like such a romantic. So like he fit right in, in terms of like Paris, like Paris vibes just suit him. I, I mean, like we knew Paris was his vibe, but oh my gosh, he, he proved that it was his vibe. Um, that's his city. That That's his city. Um, it, I, I love the, uh, like the photo aesthetic, um, that he was posting on a story. I also, I think it's really cute that Taehyung is one of those people that likes uh, to post a whole bunch of pictures on the Insta story instead of just posting them like to your feed. Um, it, it kind of um, it makes it makes those moments feel you know more intimate and you know more like a like a memory, I guess, in a sense. Um, that's just yeah. like my weird interpretation. Um, but yeah, Paris Fashion Week, he looked great. It was, uh, really fun, you know, to see him interacting, um, uh, with so many, you know, different people in Paris. And yeah, uh, that's not, and that's not even the, um, you know, the end of Taehyung. We, we finally got, um, uh, the announcement for In the Soup with the Wuga Squad. Um, so, uh, that is going to be lots of fun because they've been friends for a really long time. And if, you know, you don't know who the Wuga Squad is, it's basically, um, so like back in 2016, uh, Taehyung, Tae, Taehyung, why did I say Taehyung? Taehyung, um, <laughs> was, um, in this drama called, uh, called Quaring. And, uh, he became close with a lot of the actors in that, um, and so now we have, uh, this friendship group, uh, with Taehyung's actor friends and then, like, Peak Boy. And then Peak Boy. <laughs> it's funny it's, because Peak Boy's the only other musician in that friend group. So it's just him and Tay who are musicians and then everyone else is just, like, famous actors. And, 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 and um, like, but, like, you could also argue that, yeah, he's a you know, musician, but, like, he was, he was also an actor in that, so it makes sense. It does make sense, mm -hmm. yeah, and then, 
on top of that, um, it's not just um, people who he knew from Huarang, who he became friends with, but then also um, just uh, other actor friends who were just genuinely like mainstream. Uh, one of them being uh, um, Wuxi, who, if you guys don't know who he is, he is the main protagonist of Parasite. Um, and uh, he plays the son in that uh, family uh, who lives in that kind of like basement apartment. Um, and so like he has like a lot of famous friends. And so the five of them together, uh, they are going to be in the soup for, I believe it's four days. Um, and they're just going to be hanging out and being cute. And everyone's looking forward to seeing it because in that friend group and even in the friend group mm -hmm. that Taehyung has with like all the actors from Huarang, he's actually the youngest in both of those friend groups. So everyone's like, period, we're going to get to see mm -hmm. Baby Tay. We love to see it. Um, and honestly, I'm just excited to see what they're going to do because um, there's been like three trailers that have come out so far. And what they're doing on this soup, it seems super cute. They also do things like I remember there's a video of them like in the ice skating rink. I know that's going to be fun. I just like to see BTS have fun and relax and just do stuff that they want to do. So uh, best believe that everyone's going to be tuned into that. Mm -hmm. And uh, the difference between this one and previous In the Soup seasons is that this one is actually going to be aired on Disney Plus, uh, which is a new thing because all the other In the Soup seasons are on Weverse. Right. So um, everyone's interested to see what's going to be happening. I don't know how many episodes it's going to be, but um, going off the fact that In the Soup season two with BTS was like six episodes because it was four days, I'm assuming this one is also going to be six episodes, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah, so In the Soup with Buke Squad is going to be great. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's kind of funny, um... Because uh, all like the you know the actors that um, are in that squad are like kind of some of my first introductions like into like K dramas. Uh, uh, so like Park So Joon, Park Hyung Sik, um, Che Wushik, um, you know all of them. Uh, they they've been in, they've you know been in a lot of things. Uh, and so just like seeing such big name actors like that with Taehyung, it's, it's really, it's going to be fun. Um, oh, I, I, feel, I feel mean for like excluding Big Boy and it's not like doing it on purpose. I just think that like, um, it's just like their acting profiles is just like so large that like you kind of think of them first. As actors. Um, yeah, as, as actors and whatnot. So yeah, keep a lookout for that. Uh, but honestly, I don't know if it's going to be available, like, worldwide on Disney+, Plus. um, just because... It should be. I think it's just okay. going to be that it may or may not be released a bit later. Okay, that's, you know what, that's fair. I'll take that. <laughs> so, yeah, um, other than that, we also got the, uh, podcast feature, the art podcast feature, Intersections for, um, Art Basil, uh, featuring Namjoon. Um, and that, that was great, um, if you, you know, missed that, um, there are plenty of threads, uh, that, um, kind of summarized all the things that he said on that, and it, it had a lot of good, a lot of good content, <laughs> I, I think, um, I think that one was, like, pretty recent, was it, like, last week? It feels like, um... 
it was either last week or like the week before, but but I'm pretty sure it was like pretty one of the pretty recent. <laughs> yeah, like all these announcements keep flying by. I don't actually pay attention to what day it happens anymore, and if I do, I just forget because like time, time is an illusion, guys. I don't keep track of anything anymore, so I'll know that things have been announced, but I'll just forget when they were announced. Exactly. Uh, I'll be like, I have a relative idea, but also all of my days just blend together now, so don't actually ask me anymore. <laughs> right. Um, and um, yeah, and also today, actually, we had the radio, Jimin's radio show appearance on Kiss the Radio. Um, he was um, on there doing a quiz with his friend and you know he just talked a little bit about what he's been up to these days um and if you don't know who he was on um the radio show with he was um he was on with uh, the person who he did the song with uh with you with and that was ha sung woon and so he was on there um and i believe it has been subbed at least by some translators so um, you can probably check that out on YouTube, but it was cute. It was very cute. Yeah. Um, and then um, we got a docu-series coming, um, Beyond the Star. Also, Disney Plus. Um, honestly, uh, you know, the docu-series that we get are always really good. Um, and it, I think it's nice to have it on Disney Plus as opposed to YouTube Red because who used YouTube Red? Like I think I think back then when some of those docu series were coming out, um, like YouTube Red was kind of a thing, but that's true. But I feel like it's 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 really not anymore. <laughs> yeah, it really isn't these days. Um, a lot of docu series are coming out on either Netflix or some other type of streaming platform. So I can understand why they're not using YouTube Red anymore. Because um, honestly, after Burn the Stage, they pretty, they pretty much strayed away from YouTube Red and then they started posting their docuseries episodes to Weverse because then that's how we got, um, what was it, Bring the, si uh, Bring the Silence, sorry, Bring the Soul and Break the Silence. I always keep getting mm -hmm. confused between the two acronyms. Um, and then now they're doing Disney Plus. And so... I'm excited because um, that one isn't just like the previous docuseries where it's them being documented during the tours um, in question. Because, for example, like Burn the Stage, it was um, uh, filming them during their Wings tour. But for Beyond the Star, um, from what we know from the trailer, they are doing uh, a whole breakdown of like their career from the beginning to present day. So that's something that everyone's been looking forward to. Right. Um, it, it's something to always look forward to. Their docuseries are just, they have a lot of really insightful information. Uh, you get to see the process and behind the scenes of a lot of things. And, you know, when the docuseries does come out, just like how BTS were with their hiatus announcement, um, you know, this usually BTS are really vulnerable in these types of things. And so, once again, we should just you know, be grateful that they're willing to share that type of content with us and that they trust us uh, with that type of content. 
Exactly. And uh, the last thing that they have been doing recently in terms of non-music content, it's been speculated but not confirmed that they may have been filming a Run BTS episode recently because if you look at some of the members' Instagrams, in particular Jin and Jimin, um, they were... Uh, there were some photos taken um, of them outside of a stadium and all of them had microphones clipped to their shirts. And so people are thinking that maybe they were doing some sort of run episode that has to do with them filming around the stadium, but nobody's quite sure what is going on and why they're just kind of out in the open like this. So um, that's one thing that we think that they're doing. And, you know, because BTS had said in their festive video that one thing that they were definitely going to keep going even during um, their solo endeavors is that they're going to be filming one BTS episodes. Um, we're just interested to see what they come up with next because, I mean, they run BTS has been on a break for quite a few months now. So I'm sure during that time that run BTS has not been airing, uh, the run beats of, of creative staff have definitely had a lot of time to think about like new episode ideas. So I'm really excited to see what they're going to be thinking of in this new season. Hello, this is resident editing fairy Daisy here again. I know why is this girl here two times in one episode? Um, I'm sorry, but I just came to confirm that yes, we actually did get an announcement after this podcast episode was recorded that the pictures that we saw from BTS's Instagram that look like they may have been filming a run episode together is actually true. And they are coming back with a new special run BTS episode on the 16th of August, available on Weverse, VLive, and YouTube, which was very fascinating because they've never posted a run BTS episode on YouTube before. So I wonder what has sparked uh that desire to do so and will we see more run bts episodes on youtube in the future i don't know but either way i'm excited so that's the last thing i have come to update you people with now i will be going back to the episode yeah me too um it's gonna be fun and you know you know once again bts you know said that this is going to be coming so I, I, I'm kind of excited, uh, because it's going to be the same BTS, but like, they're also, um, I feel like it's an opportunity that since they're kind of have more separate, you know, solo schedules that like, this is the time when they're going to come together and maybe we can even see them maybe catch up and, you know, talk about, you know, what's been going on because they're probably really busy. Um, and even though they talk on the group chat every single day, I think, I think we're going to get some really nice moments out of this run BTS season. Um, but oh, absolutely. yeah. And like to, you know, go off of that, we already know they've been hanging out together. I mean, there was Jin's Instagram post, of course, you know, they have the magic seven tattoos and then everyone, you know, attended, uh, J-Hope's pre-release party for Jack in the Box. Um, uh, of course, you know, Yugi couldn't make it, um, Hobie said that he was feeling sick, um, it wasn't COVID, but, you know, it's, it was for the best probably to not go anyway, um, and it, you know, it was really sweet that he was saying that, you know, the members are the most important for him, so even though he had quite a lot of, quite a lot of, uh, K-pop celebrities, and Korean hip hop celebrities at that uh, pre-release party. Uh, he he really cared the most about you know the members being there. 
Right. And like even from more videos from other celebrities' Instagrams who were there, um, you could see that like for example when uh I think it was Jungkook, he might have been sitting by himself, like on like the little step where the stage was, and then Hobie was coming over to him and talking to him. So like even when he's busy like networking with all these other celebrities, like he's still looking out for like the BTS members and making sure that they're okay and all that stuff. Which is like really, really cute. And you know, um even in his like interviews um, that he's been doing recently about Jack in the Box. There was one particular article, I don't remember which one it was, but they were talking about how even though this whole article was for J-Hope to talk about himself as an individual, like, he just kept going back to BTS and how being in the group has inspired him to do all this and stuff like that. So, like, even when they gave him space to not talk about the group, he was talking about the group. And so that just goes to show you how their group dynamic is so healthy and how much they just really love and respect and appreciate each other to the point where they're always inspiring each other to go and do like their own type of stuff because i remember in uh the interview um i don't remember if it was the same one or a different one but he was talking about how when jungkook had listened to um the songs on his album that after that he directly went to the studio and he was like i guess i must have inspired him so it's like you can clearly see that they definitely like feed off of each other's energy and motivation exactly um, so, yeah, that, you know, that kind of summarizes everything BTS has been up to. I'm probably going to wake up tomorrow to even more stuff. Um, but, you know, let's just, you know, now that we've talked about all these things that we're doing, we can go and just break down the stigma around hiatuses and how BTS are clearly not living up to those stigmas, um, you know, how hiatuses have been perceived, um, you know, if a group says, oh, you know, we need to, you know, take a break to focus on solo careers, uh, for a lot of people, that's going to be a red flag that the group is done. But we know that, um, you know, a, a lot of groups that take a genuine temporary break are probably near disbandment are already disbanded um and that is not always the case uh and i think you know bts is a good example of why that's not always the case i mean of course we gave examples previously of some groups that aren't the case but once again people don't care about the success stories right um you know people right. also they just have stereotypes about any music group because of how hiatuses are handled with past groups you know you have one direction with the members saying you know it's just business so then anytime a group announces a hiatus it's, auto it's automatically seen as well you know the members never really liked each other anyway and i i, I think that that's an unfair assumption to you know place on every single group because yes it is their job and, you know, there is always going to be some aspect of a business relationship to assume that every member in a music group, you know, don't have any friendliness or care toward each other. I feel like that that's a little bit, you know, unfair to place those, to just have those expectations on anybody. Like, just because you didn't get along, don't project that onto, onto you know, other people. Um, and then, you know, 
oh, of course, you know, so-and-so member is going to go solo. There goes the group, you know. Um, everyone probably wants to be a soloist anyway, staying in a group. You know, that was never going to be the plan. And once again, um, I, I, I don't think that is necessarily true, especially because people keep forgetting the context of how the idol industry in particularly in particular works. I was discussing this with Daisy um, before we started recording, but when you have groups like One Direction and Fifth Harmony, you look at how they were formed and they uh, auditioned on X Factor as soloists and they all passed auditions and eventually the producers were like, let's take these four soloists Put them together and make a group. We're going to make the next, you know, nation's boy group, girl group. So you take four or five individuals that walk in there planning to have a solo career. And then you force them to be in a group because you think that's more marketable. Well, of course, it's not going to be a surprise when later down uh, the road, uh, everyone wants to split off and do their own thing or, you know, they never really care that much about the group in the first place. Like, like, what else were you expecting by forcing individuals to become a group? Um, you know, and in the idol industry, how it works is people become trainees and then the expectation is that they're going to debut in a group with the people they're training with. So for uh, years or for months, they're building already some kind of comrad camaraderie with the people they're with because they know that they will have to be in a group together. Um, and so I think that context a lot of the time uh, doesn't is isn't thought about uh, when it comes to groups like BTS who uh, come out of you know an idol training system. Exactly. That's definitely something that a lot of people don't take into account. And while I do understand that there is a very competitive nature in terms of how K-pop groups are formed and how even though a lot of these people do expect to be in a group with uh, at least some of the trainees that they're with, a lot of the times for the entire trainee period, a lot of them were competing against each other. So when you put these people into a group later on, obviously not everyone is going to get along, not everyone is going to be on good terms after spending months or sometimes years having to fight against these same people just to get to a point where they have a guaranteed position in the group. So I do understand that, however, it still doesn't change the fact that these people were training knowing fully well that they were going to debut under a group. Some of these groups in uh, the Western music industry, they were trying to make it solo and they ended up in a group that they did not ask for. And so obviously that's why you have a lot of these groups, or at the very least some of the mainstream ones, who will have these plans to go solo and how staying in the group and uh, preserving that longevity is never the end goal. Um, which is unfortunate, um, but it also just goes to show you like the big problem with how people are putting groups together and how it really should be more of a mutual decision um, that is decided between the label and the artist that this is what is going to happen, this is what people want to do, and they agree to doing it. But that kind of conversation just wasn't really happening for groups like One Direction, Fifth Harmony, and probably other groups that uh, we haven't listed or maybe don't even know about. And, you know, speaking of the label, that's another 
um, stereotype that people have about people with group who, people who are in groups, especially groups that are now on hiatus, where they'll say that oh, you know, the label was uh, stifling our creativity, blah blah blah. And while that can be true to an extent, um, for some groups, it's not the it's not you know for everyone. Not everyone is stifled in the same way as people like, for example, One Direction. I know that's something that they talked about how they felt that they had to branch out as soloists because they felt like being in a group was just really stifling their creativity and their individuality and they felt like they weren't able to truly express themselves within the group. And while I do understand that that can be the case for even groups like BTS, I, I, I treat it more as like on a spectrum of self-expression and I feel like in terms of self-expression, BTS is just more on the side of the spectrum where they have a lot more creative freedom so that even though they do have to work to fit in six other people into a song and fit in their own experiences and their own styles of um, vocals and raps and stuff, there still is that room for self-expression way more than I've seen from other people who have been stuck in these groups. So that's um, definitely something that I want to clarify. And, you know, this kind of goes into the fact that BTS is not the stereotypical boy band. Um, like we've just been talking about, BTS actually love each other. They actually have a relationship that goes beyond the work environment. They're not just colleagues or business partners to each other. They genuinely see each other as best friends and family. And, you know, a lot of people who have hung around BTS will tell the same exact thing, that they genuinely do love each other, um, both on and off camera. There are plenty of idols who have worked with them and other types of celebrities who will tell you that once the cameras are off, BTS act literally exactly the same. It's no different. And so that's how you know that, you know, their love for each other is genuine and they're happy with their label. BTS have continuously stated that. They say that they don't really have that many problems with their company. And even if they did, it's not something that us fans can fix because BTS, again, are grown men. They can handle their own business. And so they don't need us to go and send a bunch of emails to their corporate company email and talk about how, oh, you need to do X, Y, Z for BTS because obviously BTS have got it covered and they have a lot more creative freedom compared to some of these groups. Um, you know, considering the fact that they have been putting out solo projects since 2015. And, you know, uh, this is also going back to a lot of weird narratives that people have had about, like, Jack in the Box recently, about how the company has been, quote-unquote, stifling uh, J-Hope as a soloist, which makes no sense to me because they keep on referencing uh, Hope World, as in, like, uh, Hobie's first mixtape in 2018 and saying, oh, he was forced to be happy and, and poppy this whole time, but in, uh, in reality, he felt like this the whole time. And, you know, that whole narrative is using Hope in the uh, hope World to basically um, assume that Big Hit was stifling him makes no sense because Hope World was an independent project. Um, Big Hit had less liability on Hope World than they do for Jack in the Box, so it means that Big Hit was actually way less hands-on and way less involved for Hope World compared to Jack in the Box. So for people to say that Hobie was forced to do it when Big Hit was less involved with that album compared to this album now makes absolutely no sense. And, you know, a lot of people may be like, oh, what are you talking about? Because if you look at the music videos for uh, Daydream and then the music videos for More or Arson, 
you will see that there is only the big hit intro on the tracks from Jack in the Box, but not from Whole World. And that's because uh, Big Hit was not overseeing the directing of the music video for Daydream. So that's why there's no Big Hit intro for that. And so, um, you know, with this whole album that Hobie's doing now with Jack in the Box, Big Hit is a lot more hands-on with this project. Um, although, obviously, as you can see from the writing credits and stuff like that, Hobie is, is, his pen game has obviously not been stifled at all. He's been working really, really hard on this album, and um, in a recent, like, 30-minute interview that just came out about Jack in the Box uh, that Hobie just did, uh, he was talking about how he was really involved in most things related to this album project. So that's, um, you know, another way that they just go against the stereotype. And, you know, as all the other members are going to be releasing their solo work, I'm going to be assuming the same, that they're going to be really, really involved in the process because that's just how they've always been. Not with just, not only with just their individual projects, but with group work as well. And, you know, uh, finally, um, I guess to talk about the last point as to how BTS is not like the stereotype, um, they've said multiple times already that they're aiming for group longevity. They've said it um, in the festive video, but they've not even just said that in the festive video, they've said it even beforehand. And one particular example I would like to bring up is um, this uh, show that Jungkook was on in 2016 by himself. And it was called, uh, I think it was like Celebrity Bromance or something. I think that's what the show was called. But basically the premise of that show... Oh yeah, is that it was put, Celebrity Bromance. Yeah, basically the premise of that show was that they put two um, idols together. Um, I believe just male idols because it's obviously Celebrity Bromance. But they put two male idols together and then they uh, do something. Uh, it could be like any type of activity like... I don't know, going fishing or just going out to drive or something like that. Um, Jungkook was on it and also Taehyung was on it at a different point in time, but I wanted to pick on Jungkook's particular episode because the person that Jungkook was paired with on the Celebrity Bromance episode was Minwoo, who is a member of Shinwa, which is a first-generation K-pop group. And Shinwa is uh, known as a group that has gone on for a very, very, very long time. I think um, the year they debuted was, uh, I think coincidentally, no, it wasn't the year that they debuted. It was the year that Minwoo had signed his contract for mm, the very first time. Yes. It was the same year that Jungkook was born. So that's just that just shows you how big their age gap is. And um, they had actually met beforehand. Um, when they had first debuted. Shinwoo was actually the group that taught BTS how to do their current greeting that they do now. Like the Dulcet Bangtan that they do is actually because Shinwa had taught them how to do it in a coordinated and organized way. Because before, when they first debuted, um, you know, Minwoo was saying that when they greeted um, other people and they greeted their seniors, it was all like chaotic and it was all over the place. So then Shinwoo was like, no, no, no you have to find a way to do this all together so it looks professional. So they were actually the ones who taught BTS how to do that, which is very, very interesting, and I like seeing that parallel. And, you know, um, for their episode, um, uh, where they were was they first started in this, like, pet cafe, like a dog cafe, and then they moved to, like, this, like, rock climbing course later on. Um, and then they, you know, took a break by, like, the river, and they sat down and, you know, just, like, talked with each other, but... When they were in the dog cafe, I remember um, they were talking about like longevity 
And Jungkook had said that BTS really admire Shinwa because of the fact that they were able to stay as a group for so long. Because it, became, it could be very easy to give into stuff like personal greed and stuff like that because people want to go and do their own thing. But the fact that Shinwa has managed to stay together through all of that and still be able to do other things on the side. Um, you know, Jungkook was talking about how they really admired that and they wanted to be like Shinwa in that sense and they wanted to have that longevity. And, uh, you know, even though that uh, episode aired like six years ago, they still feel the exact same way. BTS are still aiming to be a group that lasts super long. And, you know, they were talking about it in twenty uh, in the 2022 Festa dinner, um, Arm specifically saying that, you know, he really wants BTS to last long and that regardless of how much time has passed, they'll always want to be RM of BTS. And so in order for them to do that, they need to be able to take this healthy break so that they can come back together even stronger. And so that's what I really appreciate about them, the fact that they really do have this tangible goal and it's genuine and they genuinely do want to stay together. And you can see it in, you know, the way that they talk about it, the way that they sound when they talk about it. Like, it's very, like, there's no way you can look at the way that BTS talk about this kind of thing and think that they're lying. It's just not possible. Right. Exactly. Um, I, which is why I, I wish that, you know, media would just take what they say, but, you know, at the, that that's wishful thinking, right? Um, so, you know, we know that, we know what BTS means, or we know that when BTS says something, they mean what they say. So I think uh, how we can conclude this episode is, let's just, you know, talk about maybe how future groups, um, can follow in BTS's footsteps by redefining what a hiatus looks like. Um, and to be honest, I feel like this is something probably Western groups can learn from more than, you know, K-pop groups because, you know, I feel like those systems, you know, those industries tend to run very differently. Um, and, and I've noticed that, you know, the only time k-pop groups like go on hiatus and never come back is it's it's kind of it's not really a thing it's either they're going to disband or they're not you know um um so I, I feel like this is something that you know when western groups say oh you know we're gonna we're gonna take a break um we're gonna take an indefinite hiatus and then uh, just to focus on our solo careers, um, and then we'll come back eventually. I, a lot of times, um, you know, I don't think there there's honesty in that. Like, just be honest. If you need a temporary break, say that. <laughs> exactly. That's the biggest problem with why people see um, hiatuses the way that they do now. It's simply because a lot of these groups are just not honest with their own fans and because of that dishonesty when it turns out that surprise surprise they're not actually getting back together that breaks a lot of fans trust and it breaks the trust of everybody who's watching them and so that's why when a, a group like BTS says that they want to take a temporary break nobody actually believes them because everyone's so used to just being lied to that when people genuinely want a temporary break and genuinely mean it when they say that they're going to come back 
people are like, nope, that's cap. We don't believe you. And that's just really sad to see because it goes to show you how much people have just really been traumatized by the amount of boy groups and girl groups who have said that they were just going to take a short break and then they just never came back together. So like we said, if you need a break and regardless of whether it's temporary or indefinite, like just say that you need a break. All right. Like don't be making any type of empty promises to your fans that you're going to come back together one day when you know fully well that you're not. It's the same thing with like, for example, One Direction all this oh it's not a permanent break one direction isn't really disbanding but then like you guys every single day prove that like you guys don't even like each other that much that you guys have no intention to get back together and make group music and you're leaving your fans in the dark in terms of all of your plans and there's just no transparency and i feel like that is just really like it's it's a really like it's an asshole move like i just really don't understand why you would ever do that to your fans like, I'm not saying that, like, fans are entitled to everything, but they're at least entitled to your honesty if you say that you're going to come back. Because if you're not, then, like, what's the point in you saying that? Like, holding on to, like, your fan base because you think that, like, you can still milk some views and engagement out of them um, when you do your own solo projects? Like, it just doesn't make any sense because, I mean, in the case of BTS, even if they were to, God forbid, disband tomorrow, at the very least, like fans are still willing to support them individually so even if they were genuinely honest about like we don't want to continuously group anymore like it wouldn't matter because armies are still ready to support them no matter what they do and so it just doesn't make sense to me why you would continue just lying to your fans as if there's no way that they could ever support your solo endeavors when i mean it, i'm sure that like fans would do that if they really loved you they would so like that kind of stuff just makes no sense to me and on the topic of lying stop pretending that you're besties with your bandmates when you know that your relationships go do not go past anything involving business like i understand if your label is pushing it but at the same time like you gotta draw the line somewhere because there's no way that your fans are talking about oh xyz group is cuddling as we speak when in reality they're all beating each other up in the hotel room during tour like come on I also think that, like, okay, you don't have to, like, love each other and whatnot, but you should be working on your team dynamic to a point where you respect each other enough. You know what I mean? Um, right. And I, I, I think that's probably one of, you know, the nice things about you know k-pop groups usually having a designated leader um and you often you and you can really tell which groups um are able to last a long time honestly just by looking at who is the leader in that group and you know how if they, they even have one as well and how they speak um yeah um you know you know some groups don't have a leader it's honestly uncommon um, to not have a leader. Like, the only group I can think of at the top of my head in K-pop that doesn't have a designated leader is Blackpink. And, like, that's the only, like, major, you know, known group I can think of at the top of my head that doesn't have one. And I know a lot of groups. Um, at least, like, some basic fact about a lot of groups. I don't know too, too much. I'm putting that out there because our group chat thinks I'm, like, a walking encyclopedia 
of like K-pop <laughs> group knowledge. When in reality, they'll ask me a question and then I may or may not know it. And then I'll just do the work of Googling it uh, for them. And then they think I'm like a genius. <laughs> I know, like, they have any type of, like, concern about just any random group, and they're out here tagging Delilah, like, excuse me, token multi, can you explain what's happening? And, and I'm Delilah like, I've never heard no of this person. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, and um, I guess the last point is um, just use your hiatus wisely. Um, if you guys really do need to take a break um, and you intend to return as a group, um, use your time wisely and, you know, try your best to experiment in a lot of different ways and live your life and you guys can come back stronger as a group. I hope that what BTS is doing now is going to set a precedent for other groups in the future so that they can feel a lot more comfortable being able to take a break and not feel like they're letting anyone down or that they're going to completely lose their fan base and have to start from square one because that is a fear that we have talked about in uh, previous episodes where there are a lot of people who are refraining from taking a break simply because they're scared that all of their fans will leave and that has a lot to do with the fast-paced nature of the industry and how a lot of fans will sometimes move on from groups when they haven't been putting an, out an album for a long time and when i say long time i really just mean like two years or something which is pretty much nothing if you look at like the amount of time that passes between releases for western artists but for k-pop if you haven't released an album in two years that's a lot of time that's passed by and so, you know, another thing that I talked about in that episode is the fact that um, it's not just the artists that need to normalize the idea of taking a break, but it's also fans who need to step up and support their artists so that while they're on break, they're not like dropping out of popularity that you guys haven't moved on to another group. Um, uh, the whole recent yeah the like BAP, like like I was talking about in that episode. It's like such an infamous example. And the reason why BTS is able to take a break right now and be comfortable in doing so at the height of their career is because of the fact that their fan base is established enough where if they take a break for a year, two years, three years, we're still going to be here. We're not going anywhere. And so it's up to fans to be able to build up their faves to the point where they can have the freedom to do this because otherwise it's just not going to work. So um, if you know, it gets to a point where these fans do step up and do establish their face even more. I just really hope that these people can just be able to take the most advantage out of their hiatuses because I know that it can feel like a lot just continuously putting out music within the group and you have no time to rest or take a break. So I'm just really glad that BTS is able to do this and I mean, if this is how good their music sounded like during a burnout imagine what their music is going to sound like when they're fully refreshed because like i'm not ready exactly um it it uh it's gonna be exciting i don't know what to expect and to be honest i don't know why i'm acting like i always have expectations um i really don't like i, I, I i've good. lived the past uh, i don't know is it seven now? I think seven years um, trying to, you know, just not have expect. Like, I have the expectation it's going to be good because it's always good. But somehow, whatever, you know, is released, it, it it's just beyond what I, I could have thought. Like, I, in, in my head, I'm, I, you know, there's there's always, I feel like you, you never want to be disappointed, right? 
Um, I feel like that's a battle fear to have. But BTS has never disappointed me once in seven years. Um, and I, 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 I think that streak is gonna continue. Exactly. So, I guess on that note, we can pretty much finish the episode right here. So, um, by the time this episode comes out, it's gonna be, what, two-ish weeks from now? So, by that time, we would have already gotten, like, the first and likely the second episode of In the Soup. Hopefully on American Disney Plus, or else I'm gonna just cry because I really want to see that those episodes um and in terms of anything else I think that would just be right before Hobie's uh Lollapalooza performance as well and in that time who knows what else is gonna happen I know we have like the whole schedule for bad decisions so there's probably gonna be like a couple of things that are gonna be coming out here and there between this week and next week but aside from that pretty much anything goes I don't know what's gonna happen in the next week and with BTS you can never tell so Alright, we'll just have to stay tuned. Uh, and stay tuned for BTS and stay tuned for our next episode. We'll catch you later. Bye for now.